Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. Stay ahead of all the big games in the best league in the world, the Premier League. With the latest odds, form guides, expert opinions and more, the fans are the players at Ladbrokes. Are you in? Let's go. Play at ladbrokes.com, 18 plus, begambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. This is a game day podcast from Talk Sport. Game day, your verdict. Well, it's been another great day of Premier League football on game day. Manchester City are now seven points clear of third place Leicester after beating them 1 0. Chelsea consolidated fourth with a 2-1 win over Spurs and VAR dominated the headlines again after Bournemouth had two goals disallowed in their 3-0 loss to Burnley. Here is the best of your reaction to the day's football on your verdict with me, Laura Woods and Darren Bent and the full-time phone-in with Adrian Durham and Matt Holland. This is the Game Day Your Verdict podcast. Right, let's get straight into it and head over to Stamford Bridge with Sam Matafei. There's the full-time whistle. And Chelsea have done Jose with the old one-two. They may have their problems. They just hardly ever had them against Tottenham. Three wins in a row against them. And now it's one victory in 34 visits to Stamford Bridge. And just as Spurs get within a point of the top four, they are struck with a Marcus Alonso and Olivier Giroud combination of blows, which knocks them to the floor and reasserts Chelsea's grip on a place in the top four. It's finished at Stamford Bridge, Chelsea 2, Tottenham 1. The performance, according to our situation, was very good. And it's as simple as that. When you say, according to our situation, what do you mean? Come on, do you want me to repeat every time the same? Chelsea plays with the world champion striker, has on the bench an England striker, has on the stands a Belgium national team striker. We have no strikers on the pitch, we have no strikers on the bench, we don't have even strikers on, on the stands. We have one in the hospital and one at home. So, do you need me to tell anything more? Does it identify to you, does it ram home to you a performance like that and a result like that, that in the summer you will need to have backup, significant backup to Harry Kane? Come on, the backup for Harry Kane was Sonny. And while Sonny was, um, was playing, even without <laughs> Harry, we were in a very good run of, uh, of results. And uh, since the moment we lost uh, Harry, we managed to, to play in a certain way and we managed to, to arrive into a position where we were one point behind, um, behind um, the fourth position. When we lost Sonny, of course we lost the, we lost the, the option and in the top of that uh, we, we, we lose also 
the possibility to rotate players and to bring fresh players even to to the wings where Sony also can can play. So you know that the situation is difficult. If you are going to ask me the same question until until the end of the season, I'm going to be very repetitive. Okay, in which case I'll ask you whether or not you still believe you can finish in the top four without those two players. It's very, very difficult, but like the boys did uh, uh, today, we are going to fight until, until the end. Today we fought until the last second of the game, and in terms of the fourth, we are going to fight until mathematically is possible. Defensively, you've had your problems too. One clean sheet away from home in the Premier League in 21 games. Yeah, I know. Is that another thing that needs to be sorted out? Yeah, yeah it is. But uh, I think you know that uh, I arrived three months ago and uh, the team was not even getting a, a victory away of home for one year. So, not easy. Let's speak to James, who's a Spurs fan. He's with us on the show. How are you doing, James? Evening, gents. How are you doing? Yeah, not too bad. I mean, Spurs, 2-1 doesn't look too bad. I mean, obviously, you want to get a result and you've lost, but it, it actually was uh, it was a bit more comfortable than that from Chelsea's point of view, wasn't it? What did you make of it? Well, I'd say that shocking would be a compliment to Spurs. Um, for the first time in my life, I've not followed Spurs for 25 years, home away with Europe, in 65 minutes. You um, left, hang on, whoa, whoa, you left after 65 minutes? It was that bad. Wow. Um, no fight, no determination, no one playing for the shirt, and a chairman that I believe has stitched us all up. We paid top, top money uh, at the new stadium to go and watch, and we've got one of the most loyal fan bases, and we have had nothing in return nothing in return and he's got away with it for years and years and years not having a backup and now it's really come to bite him because I, I promise you and it was the same with Leipzig on Wednesday night we could have played that game until tomorrow one of our own players would not have scored a goal there's in nothing James our midfield yeah sorry go on no, I was going to say in fairness look you're saying about the chairman not giving you any you have spent money and Dombele wasn't cheap Bergvine's come in. You've got an unbelievable new stadium. You see a lot of clubs build a new stadium and end up selling selling their best players. We saw it with Arsenal for a number of years. You know, it's not like he hasn't put money into the club. No, but at the end of the day, it's, it's, it is a results business. The infrastructure is, as you rightly say, incredible. It's the best stadium in the world. And training but, ground. Yeah, but I would, I would rather be at White Hart Lane and have kicked on from those two seasons where we challenged for the title. But we've gone so far backwards and Dombele is not worth £63 let alone £63 million. he was shocking to me I mean I'm no football expert but your two central midfielders have to give your back four or five angles to play out from the back the amount of times we went short and it went from Ben Davis on the left out to Tanganga on the right back again and, and, and Dombele was moping around he spent more time on the floor and Bergwijn didn't stop running the whole game, but was never going to get the ball because the midfield was just non-existent. And, you know, Deli Alley is the only player we've got, a passing player with a bit of presence about him. He was on the bench. I think he had every right to be upset that he got taken off the other night because, yeah, he's a little bit slashed and he tries to flick in the trick, but he always gives us an option. He has that moment of brilliance in him that can turn the game. And... You know, I think the only silver lining thing is he's also, again, put in a great shift. And when Lamella came on, he looked double sharp. But it is, it is the most frustrating thing in the world to watch the team that I love sitting back and inviting pressure when 
it would have been so easy to make other things happen. And I pray to God we signed Peter Crouch this week. James, let me let me give you the Jose said. I mean, we'll we'll probably hear a bit of Jose later, but let me just tell you, he was having a look at the TV schedule. They played Aston Villa on the Sunday, then they played Leipzig on the Wednesday, and now playing Chelsea in the early game today. So he wasn't happy with that, and he highlighted that uh, in the press conference before the game and in the press conference after the game. So clearly not very happy with that at all. But he also said we have this is the quote from him, James. We have zero strikers on the pitch, zero strikers on the bench, zero strikers in the Stands. We have two strikers in the hospitals, in the hospital. But he was also highlighting that Chelsea have got a Belgian international watching the game. They've got an England international who came on. I'm talking about strikers, Ooh. and they had a, a French World Cup winner who started the game. He's highlighting the difference between Chelsea's strikers and Spurs strikers, and saying that's why they won the game. So you can't really have a pop at Jose, can you? No, I'm I'm a big fan of Jose. I mean, the negative. Setup compared to what we've been used to over the last 10 years has taken a bit of getting used to, but I like to win football matches and that's why I game to support my team. So the fact that we missed a goal at Villa last week is fine by me. It's, you're right, it's like he keeps saying, it's like having a gun with no bullets. Do you trust his judgment on Troy Parrott? Uh, yeah, I do. I think that he, I, I genuinely believe he's in the top three coaches in the world and I, I think that if he was ready, he'd be there. Even if he was 70% ready, he'd be there. But I think it's probably a physical thing. He's not a big lad. So I think he would probably get destroyed physically. I think talent-wise, there's no doubt he's got it there. And Nick McCarthy saw that. And, you know, he's been spoken about. And, and we've seen him a couple of times. But, no, I have no gripes with Jose. Um, my gripe is that he wasn't given what we were needed. And... My fear is that, you know, if we get Europa League next season, how many fans who have, you know, who spend good hard-earned money going to back someone where they don't feel we've got the same back? Yes, we've got the stadium, but, you know, we were so close and it has just gone so far backwards. And it, it's heartbreaking, but, you know, we'll all be there again next Sunday with Wolves. We'll all be there uh, to watch Norwich and we'll all be in Leipzig watching the game. Praying somehow we get a result. Um, well, I think considering James, considering um, the situation with the injuries, a change of manager, everything that's gone on to be where you are, and in with a chance of top four. Let's see what happens with Tottenham Hotspur. I'd love to, to hear from other Spurs fans on that situation. Not acceptable today. I thought I thought the setup from Mourinho was particularly negative. Uh, 08 717 But maybe that was enforced by the fact that he had a lack of strikers. Um, just oh. hearing more on the um, on the situation at Southampton. Uh, Villa have denied that there was a bust-up. Um, at all between Dean Smith and John Terry. So the reports um, look like they're being... Well, they're certainly being denied. Um, so basically, that's the end of that then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> so, like, just, on, just on Troy Parrott, I mean, my argument is he hasn't really got anything to lose by, by giving him a go, if I'm honest. I, you know, well, he's played for Ireland, hasn't he? He's yeah. played for the Ireland senior side. I think he set up a goal in that game as well. So It's just, a, you know, I look back at somebody, you know, some of the top strikers now, Marcus Rashford, he got his chance through injuries at United... Louis van Gaal threw him in. He got a couple of goals on debut against Arsenal. Harry Kane, do you think he got his... How did he get his chance at Spurs? He'd been out on loan here, there and everywhere. Hadn't done particularly well on, on loan at places. Injuries meant that the opportunity arose. He gets in the team and look what he's done. I, just, I think, you know, especially a kid coming through the youth team as well, you get a little bit more leeway with the support. And I don't think he's got anything to lose by playing Troy Parrott. 
The only thing I would say there, Matt, is people do level at Mourinho that he doesn't give youth a chance. Straight away, he put Tanganga in the side, and he, he played him a lot. You know, he's uh, he featured today. I, I, no, I'm not know. saying I'm not saying I'm not saying it's because he's a, a young player. You know, he's not giving him a chance. He obviously looks at him and sees him in training, and he obviously doesn't think he's ready to to play at that level. But I'm just saying, I don't think he's got anything to lose. When you've got no strikers, Kane's out, Son's out, you know, you're making do with, with players up front who aren't really strikers. He is a natural centre-forward. You know, that is his position. He knows the movements. He knows where to run. I just don't, don't you know, I, I don't understand managers who, say you've got a right-back injured and, you, and you're sort of looking around, you end up playing a centre-half at right-back rather than a kid out of the, the U team or the reserves, the under-23s team, who's a natural right-back. Now, Brandon Williams this season at left-back for United. You know, they've got a few problems at left-back. Brandon Williams comes into the team because he's a natural left-back. Instead of putting a centre-half at right-back, things like that, why not go to your youth team, go to your under-23 squad and, and find a player who's a natural in that position? I just think it makes sense, in, in all honesty. Yeah, when he's moaning about a lack of strikers and there is a, an international, literally an international striker in his squad, it doesn't really make much sense. Uh, let's go uh, back to the VAR incident in that Chelsea Spurs game. Tom is a Liverpool fan. Uh, he's with us on the show. 087-172-3344. How are you doing, Tom? Uh, yeah, good, good, good evening. You want to talk oh, about the Lo Celso challenge that, that uh, he stayed on the pitch for, yeah? Yeah. So, I'm, I'm not sure whether he's lucky or unlucky. It looks like uh, they're both going to the same door. It looks like his foot is coming down to do a drag back, um, and he he kind he does do a drag back on the guy's leg. Um, Glenn Hoddle on the commentary thought that that's what he was trying to do. So it's, it's a difficult one because at Stockley Park they said um, that uh, it, it was a mistake, um, but I thought watching it at the time that they'd actually made the right decision okay matt you're the well, expert you i told you yeah, so yeah, we, we did yeah, no, we right. did say there's going to be one person at least that i said it's a subjective decision and people mm. will think it's a red people will, will think it, it wasn't a red card uh, quite clearly tom doesn't think it was i i thought it was my natural reaction and and Oops. certainly the majority of the, well, I think virtually everybody in the Sheffield United press room all looked at it and went red and couldn't believe when nothing was done. It, it looked like it was just a split second, like he was trying to get down on top of the ball to drag back and drag it away. And he, he, the ball just gets so poked away from underneath his foot. I understand it looks worse out. in slow motion as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does, Tom. Yeah. I, listen, I'm, I, I love that you, you've given another side to it. It's how you saw it. And certainly when the original uh, VAR explanation, PGMO explanation came mm. out, it was they said it's because there was nowhere else for him to put his foot. Mm. Um, and I, I kind of I understand that. But when, when you actually... He has stamped on... Not deliberately. Yeah, yeah, he may not yeah. have done it deliberately. And he, and he, he immediately went to the player... Lacelso yeah. and and was oh my god you know but it, it's still a red card it is still foul serious foul Tom, play Tom I'd like yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to well, I've been at Sheffield United and I've seen one from yeah. John Lundstrom today on Lewis Dunk when you watch that one yeah. have a look at that one and see what you think of that one I I, I think that's a red card as well I mean it's yeah, it's, it's a stamp as well yeah I've not seen that one so. Well, we'll have a look. Tom, listen, thanks for the call. I, I love that there's another side to it. I, this is what it's all about, opinions on this show. Um, let's talk about uh, Bournemouth, who uh, lost 3-0 away at uh, Burnley. Um, a mate of mine, Steve, is posh. I haven't got a game. He's a posh fan, so uh, he was just sitting. Uh, and he says, sitting uh, 
taking in all the scores and the goals as they went in. He said, uh, it's been confusing today. Bournemouth were winning 1-0, drawing 1-1 and lost 3-0. <laughs> 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 oh, Steve Thorpe, I've got, thanks for that, And mate. I've got Nick Pope in my fancy team and he's got a clean sheet and let two in. How's that happened? <laughs> Brilliant. Let's go to James. He's a Spurs fan. James lost at Stamford Bridge today. Where did it go wrong? Hello? Hello. Blimey, Hello. where are you, James? Um... I don't know where to start, really. I, I've been a Tottenham Hotspur supporter since I was 10, and I'm 60, so 50 years. Mm. I've had season tickets there for 25 years, 30 years, and I've never been so uninspired and depressed about a performance of a Tottenham team in the last two matches. And I really, really think, I know this is going to be an outrageous comment to make, mm. I think if Jose Mourinho plays another game tactically like today... I, if I was Mr. Levy, I would get rid of him because he, his, his, his demeanor and the way he's setting up the team as Rio Ferdinand and Peter Crouch were very, very eloquent in the way they tactically explained what was going on. The Tottenham are basically saying, come and beat us. We're not, gonna, we're not even going to try. And Deli Alley's attitude was because he was so upset about the way that they were playing when he was substituted. Mm. He was the best player that they had Tottenham on, uh, in the week against Leipzig. And I just think that this is an insult to Tottenham Hotspur and the way that they play. And it's not about the irony, oh, well, you know, it, 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 Mourinho's there to win trophies, so we're going to win a bit dirty. That doesn't make any sense because we're, we're never going to win anything the way he's, he's setting up the team. And it, it's, he's already getting this sort of mentality of, um, you know, uh, uh, everything is against Mourinho, the victim. And it's pathetic for 15 million quid a year, whatever they pay him. And if I was Mr. Levy, I'd give him one game and I'd get rid of him. Because he's going to ruin everything that Potocino built. And, and, you know, you might as well just... It, it's, it's sacrilege. It's, it's a disgrace, quite frankly. James, just playing devil's advocate, I mean, does, yeah, he, sure. does, he, does he have much other options with no Kane and no Son? It feels like I, he's, you're quite toothless. I, I mean, listen, of course, Kane, Song, Sissoko, who was the best mm. player last season, you know, there's nobody driving the midfield. But there is, as uh, I think Adrian said earlier... You know, we've got a guy called Parrot who's played for, for Ireland in an international. What has he got to lose by playing somebody like that who is, who is a centre forward, even mm. if he is a young kid? Because clearly th these players don't, don't even know what they're doing. They're scared to, to, to take the ball. There's nobody controlling the midfield. I mean, I, I, I don't know what Darren thinks. I mean, Darren played for Tottenham, um, and he must have Tottenham a bit in his blood. Oh. I mean, does, does he not? I mean, I know it's an outlandish thing to say, get rid of Mourinho, but I really think we, we, that we should have gone for, and I know it's easy in hindsight for Brendan Rodgers, that goes without saying, but I think Mourinho is just, it's, he's going to demolish everything that Potocino built. Now, I know it, it was bad for the last six months, but he is not, he is ruining uh, Tottenham Hotspur, quite frankly, and the mentality you, of the players. Do you know what? When, when you say, obviously, what Pochettino built, yeah, what he did was fantastic. I mean, yeah. they, they were obviously on a bit of a decline under Poch. I think he of could have run out of ideas, yeah. but he had nothing to show for it. 
I mean, no, I understand you know, that, Darren. You know You're right. And I, I know that. And I do understand what you're saying about Mourinho, but I think you've still got to give him time because I think one thing he will do will do is produce. He will win you a trophy. And I think when you've got someone of that quality and that reputation out there, I think Levy made the right appointment. I think you can't have Mourinho sitting there and just letting bypass you. Mm, I, I think okay. it shows a real instatement of intent. But, but what you're saying about that Maurizio Pochettino has nothing to show from it, Mourinho's, in, Mourinho's taking his team. He built that whole team. And if Mourinho does win something, it will be with the majority of his players, no? Uh, yeah, and I understand that. I mean, Pochettino, yeah, as you said, it, that's his team. Hmm. Um, but at the same time, them under Poch the last few months of the season, they they, they weren't good. His last part yeah. of his tenure, they were terrible. I mean, Darren, we're Arsenal fans. We know that top four is a trophy, right? We know that. No, but it's... it's he transformed that team into a top four team, which they haven't been for God knows how long. Uh, and of course, I get that. But I mean, Harry, when he was at Spurs, he got them into the top four. Do you know what I mean? So Spurs fans have seen that before. Mm. But I just think with Mourinho, someone like that top four, yeah, he, he's not, he won't be worried about that because ultimately it's about winning trophies. And that's what he's been, that's Darren, what he's been put into too. Darren... Don't, don't you think that by setting up your team like he did against Leipzig and, and today, that, and by, by, being so, you know, by, by being so deep in your defence, that you're basically saying to the other team, you know, come and attack us. And it's fine if you're Atletico Madrid, where you, you know, or you're Liverpool, where you, you've got players who could get you on the break. But it's not but, when but you're talking you know and you're just saying, listen, just come and get us. Do you know what, though? Liverpool, I mean, you can't really count Liverpool because you look what they've No, got. I know. You know but, I mean? Darren, the last 20 minutes against Leipzig when, uh, uh, you know, things were changed in 11, we were all right the last 20 minutes. At least we made an effort. But against Chelsea, you could just see, you, you knew that we were going to lose. There was no chance that we were going to win that game. And, and it's just, it's as if we're just saying... You know, against the good teams in the league, we're just not even going to... We know we're not going to win. And Mourinho has got this this attitude that he had at Manchester United, you know, and I don't know what it is with him. It seems such a shame. I think, that, I think he, that, he came I, there with such good intent. And, uh, and I was quite happy to begin with. But I think that Mr. Levy should take a view, and it will cost him a lot of money to get rid of him. But I think this is a huge mistake. I really do. I, I can't see Levy obviously getting rid of. of he won't. No, that, listen, that, that he won't, won't happen. happen. But no I think way. at the same I mean, time as well, Mourinho can only work with what he's got. And at the minute, a lot of them players they look like they're low on confidence. They're not quite sure whether they're coming or going. I think Mourinho's got a way of setting up his teams. But you know, you know, I mean, Spurs are very good at counter attack when they've got Kane up there and Son, and they're all in tandem. But I think at the minute, when there's no real goal threat, because two of their biggest players are out mm. and obviously the way Mourinho wants to play he's not got the players to sit defensively in the way he wants so I think you've got to give him time to get the players in he wants and then maybe players will start buying into his system Hold up What was that? Boring No flavour That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. A lot can happen in 3 years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. The Premier League All Access Podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. There's a lot more to those 90 minutes than what goes down on the pitch. With the latest odds, form guides, and expert opinions, you'll know the score with Ladbrokes. 
Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com, 18 plus, be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. And that is it. Manchester City now have a firm grip on second place in the Premier League. Seven points clear of Leicester, despite the missed penalty from Sergio Aguero, the man who came on to replace him. Gabriel Jesus conjured up a winner ten minutes before the end and Leicester's brave challenge to head into the top two looks to be coming to an end. Full time at the King Power Stadium. Leicester City nil, Manchester City won. Pep, um, a win in the end, but a game you have to be patient in. Yeah, I would like to win 0-4 after ten minutes, but normally it doesn't happen, especially. The teams have shown this season what we are. Incredible solid, good keeper, solid back with the incredible fullbacks and central defenders. And after the people up front and the quality in the middle with Madison, they had the two big blow injuries or you know, with Ndidi and send off the, the other one. So, but uh, yeah, uh, we suffered the first action, the contra type. You know, with Bardi, always you can sit. We were lucky. But except the last 10 minutes, the first half, the rest of the game, we were in a, an incredible top level. But a great substitution by yourself in the second half. Jesus came on. Mares did the magic. Yeah, I'm a genius. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, the substitution scored a goal. And I am good. If you don't score, I'm a disaster. So all the managers take a decision to. In that moment, you feel okay. You have to do it, and 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 that, and that's all. So, so, so that's all. That is the. I'm happy. I'm especially happy for Gabriel because. The chances he missed in, uh, against West Ham is because he didn't shoot. So you cannot miss if you shoot. And he had two chances, three chances, except the third one, but the first two that he not even shoot. And today shoot. And after the keeper save or you were out, it's okay. It's part of the job. But you cannot do it if you don't try it. And he before tried with the left and the right, and he did. And Gabriel has this incredible ability to be positive and a mentality, play five minutes, play like the last five minutes in his life, and that is good. Sergio had a penalty, you missed that one. Seems to be a bit of a problem this season. Is it a concern that you're missing too many penalties? Well, yeah. So, in this kind of stages, in this level, so this opportunity had to score. Four in a row missing, it's... We are not, we are. No, I am. We are not satisfied. I said to them, so, next one we're going to score. Maybe in the right moment we're going to score. It's just the guy, all I ask you, is I going to take a penalty, be sure I'm going to score a goal. So, take one decision, go, shoot and score a goal, as simple as that. So, But the keepers are good and sometimes you miss it. Maybe when we need it, we're going to score. I know you don't like to talk about VAR, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Leicester felt hard done by by a couple of ch- uh, opportunities for a penalty in the first half. You had one in the second. Anything you'd like to say? No. Okay, that was Pep Guardiola speaking after his 1-0 win at the King Belted against uh, Leicester City. Uh, was it a good save or was it a bad penalty? Yeah, it, was awful, it was an awful penalty. Mm. But as I said, you can play with your mind, I'm telling you. When you know that a goalkeeper is very good at making saves, you put that seed of doubt in you. But especially when you've missed a couple yourself, like Aguero has done, mm. I mean, it doesn't matter how great a player you are. You look at someone like Lionel Messi. Uh, uh, Lionel Messi? <laughs> uh, Lionel Messi. Who does he play for? Arguably the greatest player ever. <laughs> He's not the best at penalties. He misses them. But I just think sometimes you, when you, you put the ball down, you walk back. If I knew that a goalkeeper was good and he'd save penalties before, I try not to look at him. I try to look down at the ball and just focus on where I'm going to put the ball in the goal. So who from Manchester City's team should be the designated penalty taker? Well, I guess it depends who's confident. I mean, listen, I, I've played in teams where everyone takes penalties in training. They're all brilliant at it. It comes to obviously, it's a different kind of pressure when you take it in front of 
50, 60,000 people. So I guess it's whoever's confident with it. I'd stick with that one person. I don't like all this chopping and changing, though. I think if you're the designated penalty taker, if you're on that pitch, you take the penalty. Even if you've come on to the pitch as a substitute and you're cold and it's two minutes in, Mm take the penalty Pep said that um, Edison is the best penalty taker out of the whole squad um, so City fans we were sort of joking earlier on but who do you think should take your penalty should it be Edison um, we don't think he should be well, listen, if, he's the, if, he's, but... if he's the best and he's mm. going to score then there's no, there's there's no issue no there's no chance of a rebound or a save or anything well, so the, why, I, I why worry that how hard he can kick that ball <laughs> listen if he misses it's going to fly off so <laughs> I just think if he's the best penalty taker and genuinely they can come up with a plan where you're not going to get sucker punched at the other end then why not uh, let's go to Paul he is a Leicester fan he's given us a buzz. Hello, Paul. Hello. Good, good evening, Darren. Good evening, Laura. Good evening, it's, good evening. It, Disappointing game for ironic. you. I'm just going out the car. I've been to the game and mm. I've had to ring up so you could fill the bits in. Uh, yeah, the playing fan has to ring up somebody people mm. to try and fill the bits in. What do you mean, fill, fill, fill the bits in? What, just that. give you an idea of what happened? Yeah, really. Things on like that. Uh, obviously, the Brendan just said that. But uh, can, can you fill me in on the Edison into Inasho? He's punched him in his throat. Yeah. He? Well, basically, we were we were looking at this, and we were both in the studio, and 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 he got part of the yeah. ball. So even though it was a fifty-fifty, so even though it looks awful, and um, when you watch the replays, it is a bad collision. But ultimately, Darren, I mean, you he got could, the ball. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because uh, straight away I said, "Oh my God, it's a penalty," and it could be even be a red car. But he, he I'm for, for luckily for himself, he gets sank on the ball. Just before he in the corner, the referee. I couldn't stand the goal kick. He's going to the corner, but, but nothing. And they don't want to, like, sadly, Man City are a great side. And we, but we were worthy of the port tonight. But a couple of things, a couple of observations. But, but, uh, but it's like the DRS, Darren Glory. It's a bit like the DRS. Man City on their penalty. They said, they said at the start of the season, they said a lot of things. They won't have players haranguing the referee, mm-hmm. like the 90s, Roy Keane and that, and Man U. And as soon as they went that, he had 10 players round him. The referee to look at it. And I'm thinking, and it's your, I, I don't want to think it, but isn't that giving me some influence? Like peer pressure, hundred mm. yards, hundred miles away in Stocky Park. Look, to have a look, proper look at it. And on ours, we didn't. Oh, you know, the De Bruyne one, we didn't around mm. the referee. And I'm thinking, oh, that's not. It's almost like because they've seen it, they can appeal it. You know, all ten, ten of it. I don't know. I don't want to think that. But we said they wouldn't have that. You know what? Though, around the referee. I, I think you know. A, a, when we had Mark on earlier, he made a great point because he said they're either yeah. both penalties or they're not or penalties. Not. Yeah, hundred percent. Look, Paul, I, I sort of it's not necessarily um, the haranguing the referee. I mean, I don't like to see that either. But for me, the frustrating. I'm I'm on your side actually for for Leicester uh, to not have a penalty with Kevin De Bruyne. And people are saying, look, it, no, it wasn't a penalty. His arms can be like that. He's protecting his face. But but surely, I mean, we're looking at the rules. You know, his arms were up. Do you know what? It didn't, in come, an up, unnatural... it didn't come up in purple. When they don't mark, you know, mm. uh, in, in purple. You know what Mark has said? Great point. If they're saying he's protecting his face and all that, if that comes up in purple, no penalty. I can accept that, but it's almost the arrogance. The guy's looking there, well, that's that's a law, he's protecting his face, so we're in him and look at it. Mm. But, the, but, the, but, the, but they are looking at it because they have to, and they've well, not even looked at it. And, no. You know, it's like... They didn't, you know, that's the thing, uh, that they didn't look at bit, it. How can one, like I say, one, one guy do three, an hour and a half of refing, have a break, then do another hour and a half, the mental fatigue, I thought. But listen, it's not, it's not, not sour grades, but you just sometimes... Uh, yeah, and the, you know, and, and you know what? Does my at the end the stadium announcer has to say they are complete at the end of each one? Is that a paradox? They are is incomplete, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Paul. Thank you very much for your call. Take care. Um, bye. I, I I just feel if you're a Leicester fan and and you're walking away from that game tonight, I think you've got a reason to feel disappointed. I really do. I think there's certain things in that game that you should feel let down by. They've been stung um, a few times, yeah, Leicester, by the way, this season have. with that VAR and, and handballs as well, by the way. Yeah, and Dean Ashton was making good points after the game. He said, "Yeah, of course." 
course, like City had the quality where Leicester didn't for much of the game, but those are big decisions and you know how much they can turn a game. If they'd have gone 1-0 ahead, for example, at that particular moment in the first half, you don't know what that can do for a player's confidence, do you? But you know, listen, we know City defensively are not the strongest. I mean, Fernandinho played back there, did well today, yeah. once they got to grips with it. But you're right, if Leicester go 1-0 up, that means Manchester City are going to have to push forward more, which leaves space all over the place for Vardy and Madison and obviously Barnes when he come on. So it, the outcome of the game might have been different because Leicester on the counter-attack are a very, very fast team, very good team. So you're right, you just don't know what the outcome could have been. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Dean Smith, the Villa manager, spoke afterwards with TalkSport's Alex Crook. Dean, you look thoroughly frustrated both at half-time and at the end of the game. Is it fair to say that some home truths have been dished out in the dressing room? Yeah, they have, but you know, it's not the first time that's the worrying thing this season. Uh, you know, The last three away games in the Premier League, we've gone to Brighton, Bournemouth and now Southampton, all on the south coast. And our first, 14, uh, first 45 minutes in all them games have been poor. Um, you know, and It's all right talking the talk and saying, yeah, we're going to start well, we're going to do this, that. Well, they haven't shown that today and uh, I have to take responsibility for that. How can you legislate for, for starting so poorly because you prepare your team in the right way all week, you work on tactics and then it really goes out the window, as you say, for that first half? Yeah, I mean, you know, you've got personal pride in performance first and foremost and, you know, uh, they've got to drive that from within and, you know, uh, they've got to take responsibility themselves as well sometimes. But, you know, I'm the, I'm the head of it and I'll, I'll, take it, I'll take the brunt of it. In some ways, will the cup final be a, a nice distraction next week or are you fearing the worst because, of course, you're up against Manchester City? No, not really. I mean, this was a cup final for us. I've said earlier, we've got 14 cup finals now, 13. Now we've got 12 left, you know, and uh, we didn't turn up today in this cup final and that's a massive disappointment. You can't afford to start like that at Wembley, can you? Can't afford to start like that any time you play in the Premier League, um, you know, and today we got punished for it. Quiet afternoon for, for Jack Grealish as well. Was that because he was well shackled by Southampton or a rare off day? Well, he got whacked in the first minute and nothing about it, did they? So, um, you know, he was, uh, yeah, he was, probably wasn't his, his scintillating best, but, um, you know, he's, he's a quality player, we know that. Obviously, El Ghazi hobbled off in, in the first half. Anything that would worry you for Wembley with him, or is he going to be okay? I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't know. I think he got a whack on the head, and I've not seen I've not spoken to the medical staff at all. You said there that some players have played their way out of contention for the cup final. Are you planning wholesale changes? I'm planning changes because we didn't play well enough today and didn't show enough fight or heart in, in going and getting a performance and you know dragging a team that I believe that we could be better than. And, uh, you know... It's all about going and keeping hold of the shirt when you've got it, and we haven't done any, we haven't had enough players do that today. Just finally, for me, is that Southampton out of the equation as far as you're concerned? Ten points above the relegation places. It's, yeah, it's um, it's a big win for them. You know, I think it puts them nine points ahead of us, and you know we've a better goal difference than us, and you know, but you know we need to go on a run. We know that we need to go and win games. This should should have been a game that we were capable of winning, but we haven't showed up today. Yeah, it's Dean Smith's reaction. Let's speak to uh, Major Endurance Sellers part, Matt Hollands at uh, Bramall Lane. But Paul, the Villa fan, uh, wants to talk to us about uh, Villa's uh, current plight. How are you doing, Paul? How's it going, mate? You all right? I'm OK. First of all, let's, let's, let's remember you've got a Wembley Cup final next Sunday to look forward to, so it ain't all bad, is it? No, no. Well, I'm looking forward to it. It'll be a great day out. I've been there the last couple of years. Partake with Fulham, but then... Uh, promotion against Derby so it's brilliant but tactically I just I just think Dean Smith is, is gone he's lost it he's, he's not tactically up for the Premier League there's far too many times he's getting done by managers each game and he can't he can't change the way he plays he waits far too long from the start of the season all the way up till Christmas time without changing formation changing players changing tactics 
I'm not surprised John Terry's gone out face-to-face for him today. I think it'll be 2,000 Villa fans waiting to do the same, to be honest. Well, listen, that, that's been denied uh, by Aston Villa. But nobody can be happy. I mean, if you're, if you're OK and everything's comfortable and they're having pleasant conversations among the Villa coaching staff, then I think there's a problem. They, they should be, Paul, looking at each other and asking questions. I mean, is it, is it about a lack of defensive midfielder or, or good enough defensive midfielder? Because I've got a lot of tweets from, from Villa fans and from other fans as well saying, hang on a minute, Tyrone Mings... England's Tyrone Mings is a Villa centre-back. How can they have conceded 52 goals this season? Well, it's not just about the back. We're not clearly not good enough in midfield. We should have splashed the cash in the summer and gone for players like Calvin Phillips, Barama, to improve a team. We've spent £120 million, what, on 12 players, average £10 million a player. £10 million a player is not good enough for the Premier League. Not at all. And that's for Algarzi today. Algarzi gets flicked in the face, does 20 rolls over and then goes off just because he wasn't going his way. He's done that before. These players are not showing no heart, fight. They can't even pass a ball at the minute. It's absolutely shocking. Yeah, he went off after 28. Let me ask you a question. I mean, to, to wait as long as you did to come back up, you know, the number of years that you, you had to wait, a few years you had to wait, you come back up. If you went back down again, it, it would be devastating for the club, not least because Paul, uh, Pete, Jack Grealish will probably go. A hundred percent, and not one Villa fan will uh, blame him for going. He's unbelievable. I love watching him play. Obviously, my favourite player, but we are we're going to lose him because I think without these three points today, I think that was a, it was a massive, massive game. And without getting the three points today, I, I, I just think that's us now. I, don't, I, I can't see us with the fixtures we got left making anywhere near 40 points for the way we're playing and the players we've got bringing in drink water who hasn't played football all season and we bring him in and he's not a player that's going to improve the side and we needed improvements in January I know it's tough to get players in but it's not good enough they're not good enough Matt what do you reckon? Well uh, I think there's been too big a reliance on Jack Grealish uh, uh, you know, I think obviously Wesley picked up an injury, which was a blow to them. Um, but Jack Grealish has almost single-handedly given them half a chance of staying up. Now, unfortunately, I think that regardless of what division Aston Villa are in next season, Grealish will be gone because I think he's been that good this season that I think there'll be a, a number of clubs will be desperate for him and will will sort of bid heavily for him in the summer. So, I think Grealish will be gone in in the summer. Um, <sighs> defensively, it's been been terrible the only team in the Premier League without a clean sheet away from home that tells its own story I know they've got the worst goal, goals against record as well so defensively they've been all over the place I don't think they are anywhere near strong enough in midfield I'm a bit surprised that Conor Harahan hasn't played more I was in, just going to ask that midfield. I, he started one game in the last seven I don't, I, and I, he's I, their t- second top scorer I, well I just don't, I don't and do you know what he and Jack Grealish get on well um, and and combine well together as well. I think they they you know you feel like they're in the same on the same wavelength as well. So I'm amazed that he hasn't hasn't played more, uh, particularly when I think the middle of the pitch is is an area where they are reason, pretty weak as well. So um, uh, yeah, they they're they're in big trouble. I think that at the moment you can't see any way for them to to stay up. It's only Grealish that has given them any hope of of 
stayed in the Premier League next season. And Matt, the um, I mean, the tweets I've had, Paul, thanks for the call. The, the tweets I've had, uh, there's a lot of focus on Mings. It's mainly from fans of other clubs who do have a centre-back they think should be in the England squad. Wolves fans, for example, Nuno's army has tweeted me saying Mings is in the England squad, Cody isn't. You know, kind of go figure sort of thing. You know, and, and I can understand why um, fans think that because when, you've, when you're part of a defence that's conceded 52 goals... That's an extraordinary amount at this stage of the season, really. And then, yeah. I mean, and when you think, you know, Southampton have had a nine-nil defeat, Watford have had an eight-nil defeat, um, Leicester were done. Uh, sorry, Newcastle were done five-nil uh, at Leicester. You know, Villa, yeah, they've had a six-one from uh, from Man City at home. But 52 goals is extraordinary. Yeah, it is. You know, John Terry's there as well. You'd think with his influence that, you know, he'd be able to impart some of that onto the onto the back four. Um, Tyro Mings, there is a mistake in him. I think at times he plays too deep as well. I, I, when I watch him play, I think he drops off too much and I think he leaves plenty of space for the opposition. Um, he plays back towards his own goal rather than coming on to things, if, if that makes any sense to you. Um, so, I, I don't know. Look, he, he's part of it. Of, he's part of a defence that's that struggled. He's not the only one. You couldn't you couldn't single him out and say he's the only reason why they've they've conceded as many goals as they have. Uh, goalkeeper as well. You know, Heaton he being out, that's a, that's a problem for them. Um, I, I, you can't you can't say it's just Tyrone Mings's fault that they've conceded that many goals, but he's part of a problem. Vernon is an Aston Villa fan. Uh, Vernon, welcome to the show. Testing times of Villa at the moment, huh? Just a bit, Laura. Mm. Just a little bit. Another Did... away day horror show against, yeah. you know, what you would consider to be a beatable opponents. We've given them six points this season. We've given Bournemouth six points as well. At the end of the season, I think when we uh, look back at the season, that's where the problems have come. I just, I, you know, I'm a big fan of Dean Smith. I don't want to see him thrown under the bus, that's just quite a phrase. Um, but I just don't understand, here we are many months into the season, and we still can't defend. Mm. If you can't defend, you can't win games. Well, we, we said that earlier, you don't, you're not the most prolific team as well. But when you've conceded 52 goals in the Premier League, which is more than any other team, it's, it's a recipe for disaster. As I said, you've got to find a way of maybe and as I said the fans might hate watching it and it's probably going to be awful to watch but you need to be more resolute and as I said mm. if you get everyone behind the ball and you just defend 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 you've got to start somewhere he did change he it up a little bit it. though didn't he because he was four at the back for a while then he went three, three at the back and, and, and I, I just struggled because for Dean, for Dean Smith I can't look beyond the fact that he's had so many injuries to contend with and I think that's a massive problem for Villa at the moment I know what you're saying Vernon it, but if the quality isn't on the pitch the whole, like throughout the entire pitch, then how are you going to win games? They can't score Well, you have to win ugly, Laura. You have to win ugly mm. and playing three up front when you're struggling just isn't part of the equation. You know, if need be, we go three five two. we have a striker up front and we get Jack into the area that he needs to be. I don't understand where we've got a player who can cause trouble to most teams. He's playing deep and left. Just struggle with it. Really struggle with it. Don't you know? Don't want to criticise the manager. We've achieved a lot in a year, but having got here now, it would be a pity just to throw it away. And actually, I think with a little bit of tweaking, but Dean doesn't do it. Dean plays football one way, and unfortunately, that way is going to get us relegated at the moment. When you think about the cup final, the Carabao Cup final, which is next Sunday against Manchester City. I mean, most teams would be looking forward to a cup final at Wembley. They'd be so excited about it. How are you feeling about it? Uh, for me, like anything else, it's, you know, it's great. It's a great day out for the fans because the fans have been magnificent all season. 
but I think ultimately, if if, if Dean doesn't learn, it could be double figures. Mm. Um, you know, last time they sang, and we never even got out of first gear. And you know, I, I just worry the fact that Dean Smith plays football one way, which is very easy on the eye, offensive, yeah. But ultimately, you've got to win games, and that you know, it's it's a performance business. And at the moment, he's he's not doing his job to the best of his ability. He needs to wake up and smell the coffee and start playing to win games. And if it means playing ugly, then so be it. That's yeah. what I do. I think Vernon's that kind of hit the nail on the head. That's what I was saying to you there about setting up a way is it might not be attractive to watch, but you've got to give yourself the fu- the fundamentals and the foundation to build off. So as I said, even if you defend, defend, defend. Darren, but... you know how good Darren, you know how good Jack Grealish is, and Laura does. You've interviewed him. He's, he's just he's, he's worldly. He's so good, so much better than anybody else in the team. He and on his own, he can win a game. And I just don't understand why we just don't build the whole team around him. Do you know what though? Strike, I, don't, I don't. I don't think you can just win a game with Jack because I think Jack is that good. But defensively, as I said there, you've conceded 52 goals, which is the most in the league. Yeah. So Jack the can be as good I mean, as he's been. You're still conceding yeah, goals. When they played against yeah, Spurs, Jack was doing a lot of defensive work. Jack, mm. you can't. I mean, he's stretched he enough, isn't he? That. Yeah, that's. He what shouldn't I'm... be doing that. It's not his. You know, it's not his forte. And ultimately, Jack Greedy's defending. We're not going to win the game. And for me, I'm saying. Take away someone from up front, an El Ghazi or something that went off. I think he got a little twig in his eye today, so he twindled off <laughs> up the stairs. Um, ultimately, I believe have you know, have a number nine, Samata. You know, your commentator have a good attempt at the name. Vernon, <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's, that's low. Vernon, I mean, we, we're <laughs> having a go at Vernon there, but we just played that clip <laughs> three times. Somebody, haven't I? <laughs> you absolutely do. It's all Reshman's fault. Sorry, Resh. <laughs> um, can I just ask, I mean, Vernon, it sounds like it's all doom and gloom, but, and Dean Smith, maybe you're saying like he, he, he's not changing it up enough and he's not reacting to these losses, but you are in a cup final. There's only two teams in that cup, cup final and it's you and Manchester City, so he must be doing something right. Yeah, but ultimately, Laura, you've got to go to win the cup final and that's my worry. You know, Dean Smith will turn up one particular way to play um, and I think if he turns up that way, it's pointless. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to have you're going to have probably forty thousand Villa fans who are going to be singing their heart out for ninety minutes. He's a Villa fan. He understands the game is about winning. I don't want any more plaudits. They play nice football. It's easy on the eye. I want to win, Laura. Do you know what, you know? Vernon? Right, I think Dean Smith, and he's a good enough manager. He's a good manager that he knows that he can't go into this game playing the same way they're playing because Manchester City are one team that will open you up time after time. They're relentless, Manchester City, and we've we've seen it before in cup finals against Watford, where they don't matter if they get one, two, three, four. They will keep going Mm. to to try and get five, six, seven. So I think Dean Smith will be aware of that and will have to set up a way where he's going to say, you know what, we know we can't go toe-toe with Manchester City. It's impossible. So we might have to sit back, you know, soak up a little bit of pressure and try and hit him on the counter-attack because if he goes out there and plays the way that them in this expansive football where they try and play out from the back and stuff, Manchester City are a very, very good pressing team as well. And they will just keep opening you up time and time again. So he knows he can't play the same way mm. all right van uh, thank you so much for your call hopefully things will look up for you and, and don't be too down and good luck for next weekend as well 
Did you guys cut him off? You are so they, heartless. Hey, they, they, weekly that happens, I, you know. I can't believe they do that. Every time we wrap it up, they're like, we're bored of him now. I'll fade him down. Vernon, if you're still listening, uh, that wasn't our decision. Good luck for next weekend. And fingers crossed you can pull something out the bag. Look, I'm not being uh, cliched, I don't think, or romantic. Um, but we've seen Villa pull up big performances. Nobody thought they'd get past Leicester across two legs, and they did. Um, not saying they're definitely going to go in and beat Manchester City. I just say, look, Wembley, anything can happen, right, in a cup final? Of course, Wigan did it. Exactly. But and then got relegated. <laughs> Yeah, no, oh, no, well so done. Why have you just put the, you put the hoax on them now? No, 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 no. <laughs> no wait, wait, touch wood, quick. No, but you know what? Like, Where's Jake? It, it, at the end of the day, it is, it is a cup final and they're, obviously they're, they're in it. They're, obviously they've done well to get there. They play Manchester City though. And what I said, we know about Manchester City though, that they're, they're relentless, they're ruthless. They're not, it happens against Wigan, I get that. But at the same time, it, Dean Smith plays a way which is attractive, it looks good. But he cannot go toe-to-toe with Manchester City playing this way because they will get opened up time and time again. And he'll know this. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. Been taking a lot of calls on VAR. Wayne is a Liverpool fan. Uh, wants to talk uh, about video assistant referees. Hiya, Wayne. How you guys? How you doing, mate? Yeah, it's, it's been an extraordinary day, really, VAR-wise. What do you make of it? Uh, for me, it's just been quite comical. Um, I can't believe the decision tonight with Kevin De Bruyne with the free kick was unbelievable. Humble, yeah. Yeah, if your hands being like from an unnatural position, um, crossing hands and things like that. You know, I've seen players in many a game where they have to cover their, like, you know, their privates or they put a hand over their mouth because of their nice white teeth or whatever. But I've never ever seen to that degree where a hand clutch came up from that position. And from not to even, well, we are, sorry, did check it and then go, it's fine, we'll just leave it. So I don't understand why Stop the Park don't go back to the ref and say, do you know what, we've had to look at this image. I know the football's still playing at this point, but they can say in his ear, we've had to look at this image and we are undeterred. Can you have a look at your monitor or can you go to the monitor or can you check this footage to see what's happening? And I don't understand why there's no ref that goes to the monitor to check it. And that's what baffles me. Because earlier today, the Burnley and Bournemouth game, there was a goal that was disallowed for Bournemouth with a handball from Smith in the box where it came from a corner. Now, he's had plenty of time. Now, I understand it's a handball, but that traveller play went up the park and they've had the time to go and check it. Again, VR decided to say, we've checked the goal, it's fine, but before that, there's a penalty. We're going back for a penalty. And the ref doesn't check the monitor and he's the man on the park. Just have a look at it. In Germany... Borussia Mönchengladbach were playing Hertha Berlin and at that moment in time Borussia went up 2-0 and the referee was told by VAR that there's been a handball in play he then signalled a square to the fans and went to the monitor to check it Simple. and had a look at it and then went well that's disallowed I'll take the ball back so I'm getting infuriated why the onus isn't going to be on the ref. It has to be about that caravan somewhere else in the country to say, by the way, we're saying that's a penalty, right? We'll give a penalty. <laughs> it's, you put it so... I mean, listen, <laughs> there's no arguing with what you're saying, Wayne. I, 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 I think they've overthought it. I think they've, they've decided, they've sat around the table and said, what can we do to implement VAR in the Premier League, and they've come up with this. I'll tell you what would be a good idea. If we don't go to the monitors, that'll save time. Well, it, it's a disastrous policy. A disastrous policy. And let's not kid ourselves, Wayne. You know, I don't think it's completely perfect in, in Germany. Um, mm-hmm. I think that 
I hate VAR. I won't, I won't uh, hide that. I think it's just taking far too much away from the game, from the paying supporter. But I do accept that, you know, it is here and it's probably here to stay. And there might even be more people that want it than don't want it. I may be wrong on that. But, you know, at least give it a chance to work properly. I mean, to, to, to have a policy of... They've got referee review areas. That's what they're called. The screen at the side, monitor at the side. Mm -hmm. To have a policy of, not, of having them but not using them is utterly bizarre, isn't it? Well, the, the, the thing that is beyond me is like we've seen the earlier football games back in the Premiership to start with. Uh, as you said, I'm a Liverpool fan. Liverpool played Man City Anfield, and it was a controversial decision where Bernard Silva hit the ball in. Okay, it might take a wee deflection, but Andrew Robertson's hand, or sorry, Chen Alexander Arnold's hand, and is out of a silhouette position as our referees are saying, like this whole silhouette nonsense. That it hits his hand and it stops, and then the ball breaks up the park and Fabinho scores and it makes a 1-0. Now, for me, that's a penalty. I would say, well, I can argue with that. I'm going, oh, you know, what can I do? You know, it's just one of those things. But there's nothing gets checked from a referee to get pulled back. Everything has to come from Stokely Park. Now, uh, for me tonight, there shouldn't be a ref on the park tonight. They should just put two teams out and have a big horn or a big footer <laughs> to go, right, we're going to go, ha, right, let's go Wayne, I'll tell you, I tell you what, Wayne, we've, we've run out of time, mate, but if you, if we had a caller of the day, you would definitely be it. Wayne, thanks for the call. Absolutely fantastic. Back to the VAR incident in that Chelsea Spurs game. Tom is a Liverpool fan. Uh, he's with us on the show. 087172223344. How are you doing, Tom? Uh, yeah, good, good, good evening. You want to talk about the Lo Celso challenge that, that uh, he stayed on the pitch for, yeah? Yeah. So, I'm not sure whether he's lucky or unlucky. It looks like... Uh, they both going to the same door. It looks like his foot is coming down to do a drag back, um, and he he kind he does do a drag back on the guy's leg. Um, Glenn Hoddle on the commentary thought that that's what he was trying to do. So it's, it's a difficult one because at Stockley Park they said um, that uh, it it was a mistake, um, but I thought watching it at the time that they'd actually made the right decision. Okay, Matt, you're the well, expert. You I told you, yeah, I said, yeah, we, we did. Yeah, no, we did say there's going to be one person at least. That, I said it's a subjective decision, and people mm. will think it's a red. People will, will think it, it wasn't a red card. Uh, quite clearly, Tom doesn't think it was. I, I thought it was. My natural reaction, and, and certainly the majority, of the, well, I think virtually everybody in the Sheffield United <laughs> press room all looked at it and went red, and couldn't believe when nothing was done. It, it looked like it was just a split second, like he was trying to get down on top of the ball to drag back and drag it away. And he, he, the ball just gets so poked away from underneath his foot. I understand it looks worse out. in slow motion as well. Mm, mm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, it does, Tom. Yeah. I, listen, I'm, I, I love that you, you've given another side to it. It's how you saw it. And certainly when the original uh, VAR explanation, PGMO explanation came mm. out, it was they said it's because there was nowhere else for him to put his foot. Um, and I, I kind of I understand that, but when when you actually he has stamped on, not deliberately, yeah, yeah, he may not yeah. have done it deliberately, and he, and he he immediately went to the player, Lacelso, yeah. and and was oh yeah. my god, you know, but it, it's still a red card. It is still foul, serious foul Tom, play. Tom, I'd like yeah, I'd yeah, like yeah. to. Well, I've been at Sheffield United, and I've seen one from yeah. John Lundstrom today on Lewis Dunk. When you watch that one, yeah. have a look at that one and see what you think of that one. I I I think that's a red card as well. I mean, it's yeah, it's, it's a stamp as well. Game day. The biggest football league in the world. Game day, your verdict on Talk Sport. The Premier League All Access podcast is proud to be brought to you by Ladbrokes. 
The latest odds? We set them. Form guides? We've got them. Expert opinions? We share them. The best fans in the world deserve the best. Be match day ready before the whistle blows with Labrooks. Odds update on Talk Sport with Labrooks. Are you in? Let's go. Play at labrooks.com. 18 plus. Be gambleaware.org. T's and C's apply. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. <laughs> <laughs> 